0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of Self Help Witch. Self Help Witch is a podcast where we explore approaches for your sacred work, whether that be your spiritual work or your material work. I'm Dana, I'm an astrologer, I'm a teacher, and I'm a business consultant. And if it's your first time listening, welcome to this weird witchy corner of podcast land. If you follow me on Instagram, you may know that this is my first week back at my high school teaching job. It was our prep week before school begins and woo, I am tired. (laughs) Normally I publish shows on Friday, but I think as I move back into my five day work week, I'm going to experiment with Saturday publishing. Thanks (laughs) for bearing with me on that little change. It's just going to be easier for me with my time and energy. Hopefully, it will give you something to look forward to on the weekend. Not that you don't already have a lot to look forward to on the weekend. I've been doing a lot of reflecting lately, though, kind of in the spirit. As I go back to work, thinking about Self-Help Witch and how it supports you in your sacred work. And also how I'm supporting myself as I go back to work. When the north node and the south node moved into Taurus and Scorpio, it moved into my eighth and second house axis. So the south node right now, which in Hellenistic astrology indicates a decrease of something, is in my second house, the house of your resources, your talents, and what you have to give. So the energy of this cycle is very much about the diminishment and letting go of that, which at first sounded real scary, like, oh, am I going to be broke? (laughs) Hope not. But the more I've thought about it and kind of lived through it, the more I am recognizing this is really about realizing that my resources are limited. All of ours are, right? This is why boundaries are so important because we only have so much time, energy, money to give and i feel like the lesson i'm meant to be learning right now or at least one of them is that it's really important for me to learn how to protect my energy protect my time especially when i'm back at school when i'm working this day job you know i don't think i need to tell you that teaching is not really a job you can just leave at work It's something I try really hard to do to not actually bring work home with me. But even when I don't, you know, I care about these kids and the energy of caring about other people, it takes a toll on you, right? And so it's important for me to prioritize rest right now, especially as I get started with a new school year. So all that being said, I decided to make some changes in my natal chart offerings at this time. I am still offering them until the end of October, so through October 31st. And then my books for natal chart readings will close for the rest of 2022. There is a little more to the story here about why I'm doing this that I'm not quite ready to share yet, but I will soon. In the meantime, I decided to run a special for anyone who books a birth chart reading in the month of August. So, anyone who books between now and the end of August 2022 will receive free access to my Birth Chart Astrology Foundations course. I decided to do this because... I've been on a few other podcasts recently. P.S. They were lit AF and in my non-expert opinion, I will link them if you're curious and want to listen. They were amazing conversations. But what I learned in those conversations is that sometimes people don't book birth chart readings because they feel like they don't know enough about their charts to make a reading meaningful for them. And in the same breath, I also think after you get a reading, it's super natural to want to continue learning. Like it usually lights a fire and makes the person want to keep digging and researching and reflecting. And I want to support people in that. I don't want my support for your journey going deeper into your self-awareness with astrology to end after our reading. So. In the spirit of both of those things, this Birth Chart Astrology Foundations will come with your reading for free. Now, what's in Birth Chart Astrology Foundations? It's a mini course where you're going to learn the history and philosophy of astrology as a practice, how it got to where it is today. This is going to help you navigate the many different philosophical lenses of astrology that exist so you can decide what it means for you because what you're gonna find if you've Googled the North Node, for example, there are so many different interpretations of what this one point represents, and that's true for all of the placements, the signs, the houses. You're gonna get a lot of different takes, and when you don't understand where these takes are coming from, it can be hard to know what is true for you. So that's the first part of the course. Then you're gonna learn a really simple, straightforward way to synthesize the different parts of your birth chart. So as you know, there are lots of different parts. You've got uh, planets, signs, houses. These are the fundamental things. And when you're trying to interpret a chart, you really have to weave all these things together. So I teach you how to do that with an example. And then the last part is a Quick primer on what astrology kind of can and can't do for you so that you're set up for success as you continue your journey learning about astrology. Now, Birth Chart Astrology Foundations also comes with my Mega Mystic Dashboard. This is a Mondo astrology knowledge bank that has like anything you'd ever want to know about the stuff in your birth chart. So it's got all of the meanings and mythology and connections to the planets, the signs, the houses, modalities, which are going to be fixed, mutable, and cardinal, the elements in your chart. And I even also included a tarot database in there as well. So you can see the overlap between tarot in a chart through the lens of the decans, which are little 10 degree segments within the signs themselves. So it's a ton of information. And you get it all for free when you book a birth chart reading through the month of August 2022. So I'm publishing this on August 20th. This is good for 11 more days. So get it while you can. The last thing I'll say about this is if you go to book a reading and you're like, I don't see anything that's going to work for my schedule or my time zone please don't hesitate to reach out to me uh, at selfhelpwitch on Instagram, selfhelpwitch at gmail.com. I am happy to work with you on that and see what we can figure out. So today's episode, I'm very excited about, you know, Mars just entered Gemini, and this conversation feels very that to me, very getting curious, poking sacred cows, exploring intersections we normally wouldn't think to merge. I'm talking to Kirsten Bailey, who describes herself as a creative and communal portal witch. Not only is she into astrology and witchcraft, but Kirsten is also a seminarian working on a master's degree in Christian theology with a specific interest in queer theory and migration studies. Now, I don't know about you, but my default thinking used to be, before talking to Kirsten, that Christianity and astrology are like diametrically opposed. I talk about this a little bit in Birth Chart Astrology Foundations, but part of the reason astrology fell into disrepute was due to the imposition of Christianity and therefore the elimination or casting aside of anything deemed quote-unquote pagan. Kirsten's work is all about exposing how that's not true. (laughs) They're not diametrically opposed. So she looks into the multitudes, That exists in each of us so that we can imagine and work towards a more expansive and life-giving world for all people and when i hear her talk about christianity especially as it intersects with astrology i really feel that deeply i see how these things are not opposite but part of the same truth they're both paths to the same truth and as someone who grew up catholic and ended up rejecting that for myself I had a lot of reservations about being a quote unquote religious person and honestly, a really narrow negative view of what that meant. Like the opposite of an expansive view, I would say. But Kirsten's message reminds me that we can reclaim that word religion. We often say, you know, I'm spiritual, not religious. And maybe they're the same thing is what I think when I talk to Kirsten. Religion doesn't have to mean a dogmatic, top-down, patriarchal institution. Religion, spirituality, and astrology all have in common that they are meant to connect us to something larger than ourselves, to remind us of our inherent worth and sacredness, and that as humans on this earth, we are in community with other sacred beings. Honestly, Kirsten is going to explain it way better than I can, but my guess is that many of you listening also feel at least a little averse to this idea of religion. And if that's true, Kirsten's words, thoughts, and message will feel like such a healing balm for you. But I would say this episode is also for you if you're just curious as to how these things, religion and astrology, can be in the same sentence without saying they're mortal enemies. And I find Kirsten's philosophy and conception of religion and Christianity especially so life-giving and fascinating. So I hope you will too. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been an avid IG fan (laughs) in your reels and your tutorials. I'm curious what your path has been to get to where you are, because I know you're in seminary and we're going to talk all about that, but kind of how did you end up
1: here? Yeah. So I have been involved in organized religion in in like institutional church since I was a child. And I think the only reason why I, I'm honestly like still involved in faith communities and going to seminary and studying Christian theology Is because I grew up in a church that was incredibly progressive and prioritized asking Mm -hmm. questions, accepted me in all of my like (laughs) chaotic queerness, you know, there are so many different flavors of faith communities, right? And honestly, the only reason why I'm still in it is because I had such a good experience that just was kind of luck of the draw. So I have always been, I've always wanted to expand my circle. I feel like that's something that has come from the faith communities that have raised me. I'm always trying to think about, okay, how, not just thinking about myself, but thinking about the next kind of circle out of people and the next circle and the next circle. That has kind of informed the way I've lived my entire life. So I went to undergrad and studied politics and religion, right? Everything that like people tell you you're not supposed to discuss at a dinner party is exactly what I dove into. Um, And that helped me kind of, you know, broaden my circle and my lenses for understanding the world a little bit. Um, I moved abroad for a few years after I graduated and did refugee resettlement work, Christian theology and human migration and like movement and embodiedness. Um, I was just really fascinated by it. Partnering with like nonprofits that work with the United Nations to do that. And that also then kind of expanded my lens a little bit bigger. And when I returned back to the US, I decided to go to grad school and study um, Christian theology. And so now I've been in grad school for three years. And that has also kind of helped me expand my own lenses in the way that I see and interact with the world. For me, my astrology practice is part of that too, right? Like it falls right in line with thinking a little bit bigger, thinking a bit more macro instead of micro. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you have a really unique intersection with your studies of politics and religion. How did that all sort of come together?
1: I think I got interested in it at first because I'm just, I love things that make people passionate, right? Like when I'm having a conversation with someone, I want to talk about things that really light them up. And it turns out that people hold really strong opinions and a lot of like subconscious kind of myths and validation and, um, all that kind of stuff about both politics and religion. And so when I figured that out, I was like, oh, I need to look into this a bit more. Also, for folks who are in a US context, so much of the politics of the United States of America have been informed by Christianity and like white supremacy and Christian nationalism. And so for me, politics and religion, for better or for worse in this country, are like intrinsically tied. And religion is so often like misused and misrepresented in political spaces. And it just kind of irks me, (laughs) I guess is a really polite way to say it. Um, And so for me, part of going to seminary was also like wanting to get a better grasp on, okay, if my faith is being twisted to do all of this horrible shit to so many people like I want to understand where that's coming from and how I can speak back to it prophetically I came to grad school because I wanted like academic backing to be vocal and fucking sassy about the things that I see (laughs) in politics basically (laughs) and it's working so far
0: absolutely I'm a high school English teacher, okay. and I teach American Lit, and I find myself talking about religion a lot because you're right. Like, it's so ironic to me that there's such an emphasis on like separation of church and state in in our speech, and then that it's actually not what happens at all. But there's this book that I read called Fantasyland that is, it's very fascinating, and it's. Full disclosure, I haven't finished it. This is like a problem that I have where I don't finish books. But (laughs) um, it's a history of America through the lens of like um, the people who came here Mm -hmm. sort of had this idea that they could just believe whatever they want and they justified it with their faith. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of grown into what we have now, which is... um, really just people taking what they want, leaving what doesn't fit what they want and and doing that in a way that's really harmful. Um, Mm -hmm. The fact that you saw that as an undergrad, you know, (laughs) is pretty incredible. But I I would guess that like growing up in the church and having a good experience, you were like, this isn't the Christianity that I know.
1: Right, Um, one of the, a book that I read for one of my classes is called like Religion and Politics in the United States, right? It's a really great like primer for this topic. But one of the things that I hadn't realized until I got to grad school was just how much like puritanical ways of thinking yes. right, continue to impact us here in the U.S. And so I'm constantly reminded that like the forebears of my faith were religious zealot Puritans, right? Yes. And it's, it is, it's really tricky to navigate because we are all still so impacted by that in the U.S. today.
0: It's like people who would say that they're not religious or they don't go to church, the philosophy is still impacting them just by nature of, if, if they live in the U.S., that is, right? Just by
1: nature of, like, how Absolutely. we got here. Yeah, I mean, even just thinking about, like, puritanical and Protestant, like, hard work, right? That whole, right. like, idea of, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, that's a that's a religious thing, right? That's how it started. The idea of like inherently not trusting people in power and like the entire way that our government was formed here in the US is informed by this theological understanding that like, you know, I'm using scare quotes here that like all humans are sinful and that none of us can be trusted. Mm -hmm. Like these theological viewpoints and the way that people hundreds of years ago thought about God and their faith continues to have like really tangible impacts on our life and yeah my my education helps me call that out in ways that feel helpful uh, in ways that I was not able to do years ago yeah that's super empowering
0: you're reminding me of this throughline episode I was listening to a while back I actually just stumbled upon my notes I found a notebook from like three years ago where I had these notes from oh I, I love when that happens it was such a gift I'm like oh yes these yeah. are great um but they were talking about mass incarceration and how prisons, the concept of the prison was based in the Quaker ideology of like, you have to be punished or be isolated in order to, to repent. And I was like,
1: wow, like I had no clue. Yep. And we're still just functioning with that. And now we've got like capitalism added into the mix, right? And like, oh yeah, it just, things keep getting piled on. But thank God for people like you who are like,
0: you know what, we can reclaim this. Like, we don't have to hate religion. Because another thing I kind of heard you say is, like, maybe you want to help show that we don't have to, like, throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to Christianity.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have found so many helpful practices. I mean, even just belonging to a community of faith, right? Like, continuing to show up with a ragtag group of people that you didn't get to fucking choose, right? Like all of us show up with our own issues and our own trauma and our own baggage and like intentionally working to be a part of a community like that and not even bringing like religion and specific beliefs into it. Like just that community aspect has been incredibly transformative, like throughout my life. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I would love to hear
0: about how astrology fits into your faith and, and like your outlook in general. Cause I think that's, I I hope that's not unique, but you're one of the first people that is, like, actively, you know, hey, I'm Christian, this is what I'm all about, and also
1: I love astrology. Yes, so um, I'm holding my hands up. I have, like, tattoos of all of our luminaries and planets, like, on my hands, and I just, I have to say, like, I can't wait to be, like, giving communion one day and have, like, these hands with these tattoos, right, up in front (laughs) doing that. But for me, astrology, I really got into it when I kind of leaned into – own queerness a bit more when i got to grad school i started thinking about like what practices from my faith are helpful and what are practices that exist like outside of my institutional faith Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that could also help connect me to the divine and my embodied experience in really meaningful ways and as i kind of started exploring this astrology was one of the first things that really clicked for me. I think astrology does a really great job of encouraging us to think about time in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. Not being tied to like this white supremacist, fast paced Gregorian calendar, paying attention to other cycles and movements and the interplay between all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has just been incredibly life-giving for me. It also throughout Christian scripture there are so many examples of people like looking to the stars for guidance and so all of this is very aligned with like my faith tradition and my spiritual practices and being able to uh, to talk about that especially for people who feel uncomfortable you know for for their valid reasons inside of like a faith community being able to bring that out and say like oh Just because this particular part isn't meaningful for you, like there are so many other things that can be connected to it, right? You can play and you can have your own meaningful spiritual practice. Astrology has really given me language to engage in that kind of work with people in really meaningful ways. Yeah.
0: Oh, I have so much I want to (laughs) say. This is is so life-giving because I think, and I'm going to speak for myself, but I, I feel like other people might... Relate. I felt averse to Catholicism specifically because it felt like I was being told what to do and and being said to just don't question it. Like these are the rules, right? And really, what like faith and religion to me should be about is about like connection to something larger than yourself, connection to others, and yeah, to yeah. spirit. And when there is this like top down, like this is how it is, there is no room for that, you know, but when you bring in something like astrology, that is a very like expansive way to, to reconnect to the fact that like, there is something larger at work here. It doesn't have to be about that for you, but I think it absolutely can be. So I just love that you, you bring that in as like, here's just one way in to the same truth that they're we're all connected
1: yeah I think even for a lot of people of faith my interest in astrology they're like wait what it's so like I kind of get this from both sides right in astrology spaces people are like wait you're connected to like institutional Christianity and then in those spaces they're like wait you're into astrology and you have like the planets tattooed on your hands so using astrology it gives me a way to talk to people of faith and help folks think about the cosmos and the divine and spirit and all of that, like creative energy and juices in ways like that go beyond just being focused on human beings. Right. So within Christian theology, a lot of it focuses on humans and how we live. And then there's, you know, eco theology that focuses on like our, our planet and things beyond humans. And then there are people that focus on the whole planet, but then I feel like astrology can kind of like zoom back even more. Right. And help us to think about, the wider cosmos and the divine's role in that and the way that like we can connect to different aspects of the divine, the way that we can appreciate those different aspects of the divine through just like being aware of things, you know, beyond our little bubble of the everyday. Absolutely. It's a mindfulness practice, which I also feel is like is a spiritual thing in nature as well. Yeah, I initially got started just kind of diving into planetary days, because I felt like I was getting really, really overwhelmed with like the self work that I was doing. And I was like, okay, I need something to ground me daily and help me kind of find something to focus on, right? Like trying to understand all of me and like work on all of these different parts all at once is, it's a lot. And so finding that as like an initial entry point and just focusing on okay on a mercury day how can I be super cognizant of the way that I am in relationship and communicating in those relationships right like on a saturn day thinking about primordial ways of telling time and my own systems and whether they're life-giving or not. Uh, having those pinpoints to kind of like really ground me as I do this work has just been transformative and has really kind of opened up than like the world of wider astrology for me to dive right into.
0: You've talked to me off script about your work with the queer community and how (laughs) your tarot work and your divination work and your seminary work have kind of come together. Um, And I think this also kind of goes back to what you were doing with migration work as well. How, how do these different approaches to faith and and spiritual connection all kind of come together for you and like how you want to kind of help the world i guess
1: yeah so um i i think i've seen how lucky i got with the community of faith that i was brought up Mm -hmm. in right where where questions were were encouraged and where messiness and just like ways of being was was the norm a fun fact i grew up with like only women pastors. And a lot of them were queer women pastors. So when I got older and found out that like some churches let men read the Bible and preach, I was like, Oh my God, are you serious? What? You let them do the interpreting. Oh, that that's wild to me. So like just coming from that kind of background for me, I want everyone to know how fucking beloved and magical and delightful they are. Mm -hmm. And so many people have been hurt by church practices through the ages, right? Like again and again and again and again. And for me, I see part of my work as like helping people who want to have some kind of spiritual connection to the wider universe, to the divine, to spirit. I really love helping people dive in and explore that in ways that are beyond the bounds of institutional Christianity, Mm -hmm. because so many of like the divination and discernment practices found in institutional Christianity were created often by like white men to connect to like the divine masculine. So it was created for a specific group of people to connect to a very specific expression of of divine energy. And for me, I see all of the work that I'm doing like is kind of making spiritual connection more accessible for people who did not feel comfortable in, in those spaces. Because I think we all want a connection to something bigger than ourselves, right? Like whether, whether we think about it on a daily basis or not. And so for me, like I really just feel a calling to make that accessible to people and to let people know that like, that not everything is black and white, right? Like I like to play mm-hmm. in the nuance and the gray area of life. And so for me, blending all of these different modalities of self-work and divination and discernment and, you know, prayer, meditation, whatever, all of it for me is just about like making a connection to spirit feel accessible and helpful and life affirming for people.
0: I I think you're absolutely right. right. Like we all want to feel connected. And that's like, to me, that's really what spirituality is about. It's not about like going to church on Sunday. It's not about, it's not about any of the things that are like stereotypical. It's about true connection to something outside of ourselves I don't know where I was, like some workshop or something. And someone said, spirituality is about other people. It's not about you. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. Uh, like I just, from my limited perspective of how I grew up in this like Catholic church, I just always felt like it was about like me being sorry,
1: (laughs) you know? Yeah, uh, there's a big push in like a lot of Christian denominations, right, that Christianity is like very individualized, like, Jesus is here to save your soul. And like, it's your job to save other souls. This like, focus on the individual, to me is like, for me, it's just it's so off base to what yeah. my understanding of Christianity and living a Christlike life. And because, um, yeah, 100%. I think this is
0: a great like segue into your thesis about how astrology and Christianity are not diametrically opposed.
1: Yeah. So through my work, I've seen two like really key points of connection between astrology and Christianity and other kind of peers who are in like ministry I've seen this too I'm not the first person to be talking about this right but for me both astrology and Christianity like faith in general any kind of religious community or part of helps us think about time in a different way which for mm-hmm. me is inherently you know anti-capitalist and anti-white supremacist, right? Connecting to, in the Christian tradition, the liturgical calendar as a way of like thinking about seasons and the life of faith. And then within astrology, thinking about like all of the different cycles and turns and relationships between planets and luminaries as a way to help us kind of, both of them help us reorient our lives, in my opinion. Away from the hustle and bustle of white supremacy and the Gregorian calendar and into a more self-aware and community aware way Mm -hmm. of participating in time and the natural like rhythms of life that for me has just been transformative to start thinking about and then. I also see another connection between the two where both uh, Christianity and astrology help me move beyond myself and into my community in ways Mm -hmm. that are life-giving, not just for me, but the people that I'm in relationship with. Um, Christianity, just like many other faith traditions, is like radically egalitarian. Uh, Christian scriptures have not always been used in that way, but (laughs) they are. I mean... The, the early Jesus movement was like wildly egalitarian and people were very freaked out by it. And so for me, Christianity helps move me beyond myself into the people that I'm in relationship with. I mean, the concept of, if you believe in it, the Trinity, this idea of God and spirit and Christ all being in this like unexplainable fucking dance wild thing. <laughs> That's how I explain the Trinity. That's what three years of seminary I'll give you. Um <laughs> But within astrology as well, right? Like thinking about how all of these other planets and luminaries connect to and impact our life here on earth and how they can help us think about our lives and the people that we're in relationship with, you know, no planet is out there like on its own, right? They're all part of some kind of gravitational system that have all of these other things that are interacting with them Mm -hmm. in our galaxy. And so for me, that idea of time and community I see as really strong through lines between both institutional Christianity and astrology. Oh my God.
0: Yes. And the thing I keep thinking, like as I'm hearing you talking is really like what we started with, which is like all of this one, it, it's reclaiming Christianity from what it's been turned into. And in yeah. doing that, it's very capitalism critical. Uh
1: mm-hmm. Which I'm here for. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I think I mentioned earlier that, like, there are so many examples of, like, studying the stars in organized religion. So, in the Abrahamic faith, so that's Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, there's this cultural idea of Father Abraham as this archetypal figure of this like wise sage, this diviner of the stars mm. that impacted early Jewish and Christian and Muslim communities in really tangible ways. There were a lot of like ancient Jewish communities who had in their synagogues, gorgeous mosaics of the Zodiac. Like that was very much a part of those faith communities and the way that they interacted with the world. In Scripture in the New Testament, we see like Jesus going outside to pray in his garden, in this garden, right? He like wants to just be outside and sit with the stars and talk to God. Um, In the early Christian community, there were these ascetic movements of people moving away from cities and going out to the desert to kind of access spirituality in that way. And so much of that was also just like sitting under the stars and thinking about the world and the universe and the way that it's interconnected. Um, Yeah, these things go hand in hand in so many ways for me. And it it surprises me that so many folks in religious spaces seem to have like a bit of hesitancy towards it because I think that this approach to faith and this particular connection, right, is just so expansive and life-giving, not -hmm. only for individuals, but for entire communities.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's really, I don't know how I feel about this term, but it does feel like it's, um, there's some deconditioning needed. Like Mm -hmm. there's some recognizing of like what our own cognitive distortions around religion and what it really is are, right? Like I know that's something that I've had to, to reckon with. Because throughout history, it's become so black and white with like, this is religion, this is not, this is Christian, this is not, we kind of have to like, undo a lot of that, um, which I feel like is really what you're here to do.
1: Yeah, I think connected to that. I don't know if you've read any of their work, but I've been reading a lot of stuff by Alice Sparkly Cat, an amazing queer astrologer. And um, one of the things that they helped me realize in one of their books is the connection between both astrology and early Christianity, and the Roman Empire right? So like so much of the terminology that we use in astrology comes from a Roman Empire way of understanding the world between, you know, the names for the planets and the way that we think about their energies and their impacts on our lives. Mm -hmm. And then I think you see that a lot in Christianity today, especially in white Christian nationalism. You know, Jesus in the New Testament was basically saying, fuck the Roman Empire. And then we have Christians today who are so entrenched in like American exceptionalism and so I see for me both Christianity and astrology having these like really soul-sucking connections to Roman Empire and I feel like talking about that and like you mentioned deconstructing and working through that to like broaden the way that we understand both institutional faith and astrology I don't know it just it feels like it'd be really critical in my life and for the communities that I'm working with and I think it could really transform us as like an entire culture if we were willing to have those conversations about oh, yeah. the ways in which so many of our meaning-making systems are still tied to this very particular militaristic way of being in the world and controlling the world.
0: Hmm.
1: Yes, yes to all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that wasn't like too high-level academic. I could, no. I could rage about imperialism in the Roman Empire all, all day long.
0: <laughs> I. So I'm not... I don't know a ton about history, but I, you know, in taking my astrology course, I did learn about how, like, Greek astrology came to be and then how it kind of fell into disrepute and kind of came back around. And I found it interesting, and you were kind of speaking to this earlier, too, that there are actually, like, a lot of... I mean, first of all, there were Christian mystics, like the Gnostics, Mm -hmm. and like, I didn't know any of that. And I was like, wow, it just feels like there are so many facets to, well, all religion, really, but Christianity specifically that have been just like suppressed or like cast aside that would make it life-giving.
1: Yeah, as someone with um, ADHD who thinks in like spirals and circles, not necessarily straight (laughs) lines, making all of these connections is something that just comes so naturally to me. And I think especially Christianity and other religions have not always been so rigid. I think what we're seeing in the United States right now is like a real sense of panic among some specifically white Christian communities and this need to have all of the answers, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, my faith and the way that I interact with astrology cracks me wide open and reminds me that I don't need that, nor should I have that, right? I think for me, both of them also invite me into the nuanced gray space, like the the uncomfortable, sometimes tense, like liminality of life. I think most of our lives happen in the day-to-day in that kind of mundane gray space. Our lives are not you know, 100% highs and then 100% lows, most of it is somewhere in the middle. Having that kind of mindset is not something that everyone, you know, faith shares. But for me, that kind of mindset is, I think, what allows me to make these connections and be able to work with so many people talking about this kind of stuff.
0: I love it. It reminds me, you know, my best friend in high school, her mom was a youth pastor, at a church of God, which I believe is like an offshoot of Pentecost, the
1: Pentecostal.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, you know, that was totally foreign to me as a Catholic person, but I went to church with them. And I just hearing you talk about the idea of control and like having to have the answers like that, I immediately thought of her because Mm -hmm. anytime there was something going on that she didn't like, you know, she would go back to a scripture and say, well, I know. And there's there's this, like, almost where you just, like, like, know it all, almost. Like, well, and I've been oh, to other yeah. churches with that sort of mentality as well. I have Mormon family members, and I have actually went to church with them, which was very interesting. It's a lot different, right? Um, uh-huh. for me. And there was this sort of, like, pretentiousness of, like, well, mm-hmm. we're, we know what's really going on. And none of us fucking know anything. <laughs> like-
1: right. None of us know what the fuck is going on. Even, I mean, also... If people are taking scripture seriously, I think that's the only conclusion that you can come to, right? Because there are, uh, Christian scriptures are a variety of stories from a variety of people who are all just trying to make sense of their fucking experiences of God. And some of them are similar. Some of them entirely contradict one another. Like some of them are miraculous, like Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead or like a talking donkey showing up in some stories or like angels having sex with human women and then creating demigods, right? Like there are all of these wild ass stories in scripture that like, yeah, anyone who tells you that they have all the answers to it, I immediately do not trust. (laughs) Because even the people in scripture didn't fucking know what was going on. Like they were wrestling with that too. And so I think for me, like that wrestling is a key part of just life in general and like finding meaning in these liminal like gray areas. Yes.
0: Yes. This is something that should ground us in like being okay with the fact that we don't know everything rather than like a means to get all the answers.
1: Right. Yeah. To me, that's part of what has been so life-giving is like when I have been in seminary class and, you know, I'm reading various pieces of scripture and I'm like, oh, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing either. Okay, great. I'm fine. Like we're all (laughs) fine. It um it does. It provides like a sense of tradition and grounding for me that allows me to then kind of be as like you know expansive, head in the clouds as I as I want to be because there is something there that still can ground me and bring me back down. Yes. So what would you say to
0: like if I met you three years ago and I was like, Kirsten, religion's not for me. Like maybe I could get into it, but I just I don't feel good around it. Like, I'd like to feel some connection, but
1: I have this aversion and resistance. Like, Mm -hmm. what can people do to start to work with that? Yeah. So I'd say, first of all, like, if people are having a somatic response of, like, dis-ease towards communities of faith, whatever they may be, like, listen to that, babe. Like, don't, don't try and force yourself to try and, like, dive into anything that doesn't feel like life-giving and and supportive for you. One of the most meaningful practices that I have is actually creating a home altar. And this is something that has been done, you know, across faith traditions for pretty much all of history, people having various kinds of altars in their homes. And so for me, I use my altar for like prayer and meditation. I use it for daily tarot readings when I'm just like really stressed and I need to have a good cry and like not feel like I'm alone in the universe, you know, I'll also go to my altar. And so for me, having a home altar practice has been a really great place to start. But I would also just say to folks, like, if they want to move beyond that and like engage in the messy and chaotic life of being part of a faith community, going to church and doing that kind of stuff, um, I would just remind folks that there are so many different flavors of Christianity out there, right? And that I promise you, expansive and justice-oriented and progressive and radical churches exist. Yeah, like there is, there are people out there who will and want to and will be thrilled to accept you and all of your like chaotic energy and disparate ideas that you're not really sure how any of them connect, but you know, that you're interested in all these things and you know, you have all these questions. Um, there, there are so many communities of faith who will relish in that energy and who will be invigorated by that energy that you bring if, and when you're ready. Love it.
0: Great advice. Are there any resources like online communities or books or like any, anything at all that, um, you can think of off the top that might be useful for someone listening.
1: Yeah. So as far as like an immediate resource for people to use to kind of like dive into this reckoning and wrestling and like juicy gray area, there is a pastor named Reverend Lindsay on Instagram and their handle is bad pastor. But Lindsay does phenomenal work at the intersections of spiritual care, pastoral care, and astrology i'm actually taking a class with them um later this summer on astrology and christian liturgy which (gasps) i am so thrilled for i'm just i'm nerding out but they regularly share really great resources for that and i also think i really just love everything that alice sparkly cat puts out um it it has just all been incredibly helpful for me. Whether it is looking at their Instagram posts, whether it's like reading their books, I believe they have like a newsletter or a, like a blog on their website, and that helps me think more expansively about like dominant narratives and how we can intentionally kind of usurp them in ways that are that are life giving for people who need it.
0: Excellent, excellent, and I will upvote Alice Sparkly Cat. I would actually say too that you remind me of them And that I think you both have this like strong underlying knowledge of what you're talking about, right? But also like you said, very able to because of that say, well, let's let's think about it this way and let's be a little more critical and kind of give us a different a different angle to look at. So I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. I think that y'all have that in common. Um Oh my gosh, thank you. I
1: am honestly honored. I'm going to tuck that away in my little notion compliments database as soon as we get off of this.
0: <laughs> I need that.
1: That's such a good idea. It is so good. It's so helpful.
0: <laughs> How can people find you and interact with you?
1: Yeah, so folks can find me on Instagram. My handle is the Kirsten Bailey, because apparently there is another Kirsten Bailey who got <laughs> just Kirsten Bailey. I'm a little jealous, that but- She got to it before I did. I am pretty active on Instagram. I will occasionally open up my books to do tarot readings and and like occasional free workshops and my Instagram communities where you can get all of that info. I will hopefully be starting some kind of like email newsletter soon. Fingers crossed. um, Where I can just bring like all of this nerdiness to my community. Uh, When do you graduate? When are you done with school? Yeah. So I will graduate in December. Um, and it looks like I will probably be um, ordained as, like, an official pastor. Oh, my God. Who am I? Look at me. Um, within the next year. So still trying to, like, figure out exactly when that's going to happen. But, yeah, things are moving forward.
0: Yeah. That is super exciting. Um, I would love to come to a service, host it. I mean, I don't know if that's the right terminology hosted by you. but Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, definitely I'll be on the lookout for... <laughs> what's going on and where you'll be and all that. But in the meantime, I will be following you. I will be looking out for the newsletter and thank you so much for like sharing your wisdom here. I think that what you do is really going to help a lot of, I think it already has obviously, but it will continue to help a lot of people reconnect to themselves and to, to spirit and just feel more, more, more open
1: yeah, I want people to know that they can exist in the world in their full multiplicity and connect to spirit in that full multiplicity too. They don't have to only bring certain parts of themselves into their spiritual life. Like, you can you can fucking bring it all.
0: <laughs> Radical acceptance. That's like the true root of all of this, really.
1: Yes, Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Okay, well, thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. It was a delight talking to you. you Thanks too. for having me.
0: Okay, that's the show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you thought. DM me on Instagram at selfhelpwitch or send me an email, selfhelpwitch at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow Kirsten and her work. She does have her email list up and running. That is in the show notes along with her tarot offering. And don't forget to book a birth chart reading before the end of August. get free access to birth chart astrology foundations as well as the mega mystic dashboard i love you keep going see y'all next week